on. The Golden Globes were last night, and I can't wait to talk about the fa the fashion and the red carpet and all the speeches and the awards. Oh my God, it was so wonderful to watch last night. Everybody Matt, was just Matt, so, so Matt, what, what, Matt, what? Matt, what are you doing? What? I'm talking about the Golden Globes. No, 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 Matt. That's wrong podcast. That that that's the that's the Ready Set Nobody Cares podcast. I'm sure you're wondering why we're talking about the Golden Globes because, yeah, we really don't give a shit about You know, the and that's Globes. funny because, you know, uh, obviously this is the uh, best podcast to listen to <laughs> in terms of uh, movies, music, comics, and culture. Um, but we, uh, we're we not really that big on award shows. Like, you know, we will talk about it a little bit tonight um, and just kind of touch on some of the winners and stuff like that, some of the cool things that happen. But um, I will say that the Golden Globes are – in terms of the two big award shows, them and the Oscars, the Golden Globes are definitely the ones that are uh, – it's easier to stomach because it's TV and movies. Right. And, like, right. you know, the people that just do movies in Hollywood, they have their heads – all the way up their asses, whereas like the Golden <laughs> As we Globes make a podcast about movies. <laughs> yeah, like the, the Golden Globes, like they're only about halfway up their asses, so it's like a little bit easier to stomach. But you know, so so yeah, so lots of uh, good awards last night. We'll talk about those in a minute. But the real news for us from the Golden Globes actually came from the red carpet. And well, before, not... before we jump into everything, before we jump into everything, uh, Mad has a. a Trigger finger. Uh, an itchy trigger finger, rather. Pistol fingers. But yeah, pistol fingers. Uh, we just wanted to give a big thank you to uh, everybody who's out there, everyone who has been uh, with us on this journey. Um, you know, we, we passed a milestone this week. I'm really excited to just be able to be with you here, to be able to be doing this. And um, yeah, it seems that uh, people are liking it. So we're going to – you guys keep on listening. We're going to keep on doing it. But thanks for everyone for, for listening, for subscribing, for liking, for taking time out of their day to – to, to listen to the podcast, and uh, yeah, we love you, fam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now back to the show. <laughs> yeah, so so like we were saying, the biggest news for us at the Golden Globes actually happened before the ceremony started on the red carpet uh, where uh, one of the reporters, who I, actually, I should know his name, but I, I don't, I didn't get his name, apologies, um, he caught Kevin uh, Feige. Feige? 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 Is it Feige? 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 Is it Feige? 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 He said Feige? he said Feige, which was interesting because I've never actually heard anybody say his name. Yeah. I just assumed it was like Feige. <laughs> okay, so it's Feige, yeah, obviously. Feige. So right? Kevin Feige, the president of Marvel Studios. Yeah, and he caught him. He caught him on the red carpet. And usually, when you see these red carpet interviews, it's a bunch of nonsense. It's like, uh, tell me who you're wearing. Are right. you excited to be here? Blah 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 right. blah. Nobody cares. This guy got him for a solid four minutes. And asked him some like serious questions, all of which he answered. So let's talk yeah. about some of those it answers. It actually seemed like he was he was excited to answer them. Yeah, you know? you know he's not a movie star. He doesn't get interviewed on the red carpet that often, or does he? I don't. I have no idea. But... No, I don't think so. Because he said something about how like he should be in the editing room, like doing work on Captain Marvel. He's. I think he said. I think he said he had never been to the Golden Globes before. So like that was really cool. Yeah, and and it just goes to show you that like. 
you know, having somebody like that at the helm is just why Marvel has been so good. Yeah. And a lot of the things that he says is just, you, you can just tell that he has his finger on the pulse. And I'm just so excited for the future of the MCU. Yeah. And so, so speaking of the future of the MCU, that was one of the first questions he asked. It was a bit of a bit of a, uh, a gimme question. Right. He asked them uh, how long they knew that the title of the new Avengers movie was going to be Endgame. And his answer was uh, basically forever, which is just so good because that just confirms everything that we've all already known that Marvel is got they've got a plan like they know what they're doing like say what you will about any other movies they've got their shit planned out and that's really exciting yeah i mean he even went so far as to talk about how dr strange uses the line in avengers infinity war and he says we're in the end game now yep you know and that's that's really exactly like they knew exactly what this is this is not uh this is not dc <laughs> comics doing massive reshoots and everything like that no this is uh yeah, this is this is planned years ahead of time. Exactly. So that's, that's that's really a so such a like a strong strong indication of how good the universe is going to be from here on out. Yeah, and so the real exciting part for us was the guy started to ask him some questions about the Fox and Disney merger, and he just Kevin just came right out and was like. Talked about how excited he was, oh, yeah. and he talked about how Adam McKay wants to do a Silver Surfer movie, and he was like, yeah, why not? And he said, yeah. quote, there are hundreds of names on the agreement. Hundreds. Hundreds of names. Hundreds of names. And then, other quote, he's said that having access to all of those characters has been his something he has dreamed about in his 20 years working at Marvel. So that right there, I mean, we all sort of knew this was coming, but that right there for us is like, big news about the because there's always been speculation you know are they really going to bring right. characters like the x-men into right. the mcu and uh, i think the answer is yes yeah oh yeah you know and and matt and i have been talking about this for a while you know in one of the the previous podcasts matt had talked about how uh you had talked about how uh, one of your favorite genres of movies is the buddy cop movie right and something yep. that we've always done wanted to see it, it happened uh, briefly in the Spider-Man the Animated Series, and it's happened dozens of times in the comics, uh, but Spider-Man and Wolverine doing a buddy cop movie, I mean, I think that just has gold written all over it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't think Hugh Jackman would come back to play Wolverine. I think that it, if you're going to bring it into the MCU, you know, it, it's a good time to try and create a different person with the Wolverine character. Or... Or, or, if or, you want to go, or. so speaking of the comics, since the, the Wolverine that we've all known and loved for decades right. has been dead for quite some time, even though they just brought him back recently, but that's a whole other story, um, in place of the Wolverine and Spider-Man uh, buddy cop thing, we've been getting a lot of Spider-Man and Deadpool lately, and yeah, those sure. comics that's have true. been amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean you put spider-man in there with pretty much anybody he's yeah. gonna have a, he's gonna have a greater yeah how, a, a spider-man uh a punisher would be awesome oh god you know so like it, it just opens up so many opportunities for future episodes or excuse me future movies for just everything and, and having being able to cross over characters yeah um, and i think it's just so cool i mean i, I think it just it's just there's such a a whole world of opportunity out there, um, you know, and hopefully the uh, the superhero bubble doesn't burst too big. Well, I think Black Panther won an award last night, didn't it? Oh, I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah. Oh, are we actually talking about the Golden Globes? Is that what we're doing now? Well, I did just because it's <laughs> related to the... <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it did win an award, and you know what else did? Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes, which well-deserved. Best animated feature, which, uh, you know, hopefully it, w 
wins an Oscar as well, which I think would be dope. You know what didn't win an award and probably won't ever, but that's that? okay because What's it's that? made over a billion dollars. Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman. Let's just let's just put this out there, okay? Aquaman. Aquaman has made has made more money than any other DC movie to date. Okay? That movie is such a steaming pile. Okay? <laughs> when we did our review last week of it, so we're not going to go back into it this week, especially because last week's episode was a little too negative. We were saying very positive this week. But uh, what does that say about how, how, like, why did it do so much better? Like, the movie was not a good movie. It wasn't well acted. There was great action. There was great special effects. The story was terrible. The music really wasn't that great. The acting wasn't that great. It, 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 you know what it says? You know, you know what it says? What is that? It says that I was right and that the oh. Aquaman Aquaman is the best DC movie to date because it, it, it washes – it, it, but it, it cleanses people of the Zack Snyder. Like it's so not Zack Snyder yeah. that it's like I was saying. I think people were like ready for it. It's the same reason why critics are, are shitting themselves over Bumblebee because it, it just like washes away the Michael Bay-ness. Yeah. Aquaman washes away the Zack Snyder and gives – again, it's not a good movie, but it's giving yeah. fans closer to what they want to see out of these DC movies. Yeah, and I think it was – it's much more lighthearted, right? Yeah. It's, it's a comedy almost. It's an action comedy, right? Where there's the, the – the, I think that was one of the worst <laughs> parts. So like the, when they do comedy and it's a funny movie, that that's when it's good. When it um, tries to be serious, that's when it's really bad. So you exactly. know, there you go. Yeah. So Aquaman crosses $1 billion. I mean like – we all saw that one coming, and I think, you know, whether it's well-deserved or not, I, I, I like I said, I still think that this movie sets the DC movies on the right path, and I think we're going to see we, – we might not we – probably, we probably won't see a billion dollars out of Shazam, but I yeah, think I we're going to so. see the same fan and critic reactions to Shazam. I definitely think it'll be a, a really cool movie for parents to take their kids to. Right. I think very similar to Aquaman where you had, uh, like we said last week, where you're going to have the, the two types of 10-year-olds, right? You're going to have the 10-year-olds the at heart, like us, yep. right, that love to go and see those fun, you know, cheesy cartoon movies and remember what it was like when we were watching it as a kid. And then actual 10-year-olds, you know, yeah. who are experiencing it right now and are living it, right? And, and I think that Shazam is going to do it um, – I think it's just going to be a better movie than Aquaman, and it's, yeah, I don't know I if it's going to make as much money um, because they don't have as big a star as Jason Momoa, which is a weird thing to say because Jason Momoa is not really that big of a star, but he was great in Aquaman. Yeah. He just looked like he was just having so much fun playing yeah. the character, so – yeah, I think a lot of I think of a, a lot of Jason Momoa's uh, stardom honestly comes from Game of Thrones. Well, yeah, I mean yeah. that's like. And he, you could, he, you could tell he had a little bit of that called Drogo in, yep. in, in Aquaman, right? Yeah. He was playing like a little bit of that, exactly, right? And I just, it was just, it was just cool, like, yeah. you know, and and you know, like great, great scenes, some great scenes, some great action, uh, not great story, but if if you're going into it with that mindset, you won't be disappointed. So that's, you know, there's that. And if you follow us on Instagram, you will see which a, you should do. Yeah. You'll see a, a recent meme we posted uh, that we created. So thank you very oh, much. Memes. It's hilarious. <laughs> I got it. No. We, don't, we don't steal our memes. We create, yeah, our, we create memes. our own memes. We're original here. Um, but so, so, you know, speaking of Aquaman, the uh, Warner Brothers, 
must just like their their cojones must just feel huge right now because after months of silence on this Batman movie, the Matt Reeves directed Batman movie, after Aquaman blew it up at the box office, now all of a sudden they're coming out and saying that the Batman is reportedly going to start filming in November. Yeah. And um, so I, I think it's going to be based <laughs> off of two things. I think it's going to be based off of a uh, how well Aquaman did and how they're resetting and rethinking their universe, which I think is great. And b uh, early reports of how good the Joker is going to be. We don't do bs around here. Don't oh, forget that. Sorry, sorry. And uh, oh, sorry. So a, <laughs> a yeah, but but so re- regardless of so so that means they're going to start filming in November. It's January. Plenty of time, but who the fuck is going to be Batman? Because it's not going to be Ben Affleck. Uh, do you know that? No, but everything I'm that... I'm telling you, it's I, I, I wouldn't rule him completely out because they can still tie it in to the rest of the DCEU. But, I mean... Well, let's talk about who else would you love to see play Batman? Ooh, that's actually a really good question. Who um, could do it right? Right, like, because Ben Affleck, when in in Superman versus Batman, and and you know, talk about it what you will, right? Talk about all the bad things about it, but Ben Affleck, in my opinion, was one of the best things about it. He right? was the he was, only good thing about he that the, movie. He was great in it. He was yeah. great, and the costume was great. The way he acted was great. Yeah. He got himself into phenomenal shape. I heard a, a story on. Um, uh, just online, I think it was Comic Book Resources. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I was reading a story about how um, during when they were on set, uh, Ben Affleck would challenge Henry Cavill for like like pull up contests and like <laughs> lifting heavy things up. Like, yeah. Who could lift the heavier thing? And they would have like contests on set, and it created this like animosity to them that they like brought into the the movie itself. And I and I think that's smart, but you know, I just with everything that we've seen with him yeah. over the last few months, and, and not just I'm not talking just what's in the movies, just all the shit you hear about outside of the movies with him. I don't think he's gonna be in this movie. It just doesn't seem plausible at this point. I don't know. Well, I I don't know. I I who else could play Batman? I honestly saw so a lot of the Batman is too big of a role to go with a no-name actor. That's the yeah. problem. That's the problem. You can't follow suit. One of the reasons that Iron Man did so well is because they got Robert Downey Jr. to be able to do it, right? And he's a big name actor. Chris Evans, being Captain America, was a big name actor. All right. Even even Chris Hemsworth, right? Yeah. He had been in a bunch of movies. He was a decently named actor at that point when he comes in to play Thor, right? So that and that's one of the key things about Marvel is having those big name actors and then you're supported by, you know, um, you know, lesser actors or whatever um, in the movies and that's what really makes it good and then having a great director there as well yeah but i mean the the thing is is that you need a big name actor to be able to play batman it's such a big pivotal crucial role so i think they could get john ham i think he would do great especially for going with that we want to stick with that older batman you know call i i would love to see john ham as as batman i think he would do a great job yeah Um, i think john ham's a very versatile actor that doesn't get enough credit to be honest yeah um like he hasn't really done a lot of great things a lot of uh headlining things since mad Mad men ended um but the stuff that he's been in has all been really good, except for that weird movie he did with Zach Galifianakis. Was like oh, a, a yeah. spy comedy. Like yeah. that was that was stupid. But and, everything I mean, else, he can definitely done. play Bruce Wayne. Yeah, but could he be badass enough to be Batman? I mean, he certainly has like the the 
build and the frame the guy's like six three or something he's huge yeah you know yeah. and, and I, i'm assuming he's in good shape that he could probably get into better shape like whatever I, I think he could i think he could do it i feel like he would be really good for the role yeah i mean i, I think it would be cool um you know i think it would if if they i think that what they're going to try and do is try and get ben affleck and if they can get Ben Affleck to commit the way he did to Superman versus Batman, awesome. Yeah. If they can't get him to do that level of commitment, uh, and I've said it before, you know who I'd love to see? Fucking Michael Keaton. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, do yeah. an old Batman and do an older Batman, which you already saw in Batman versus Superman. He's already playing an older character. Exactly. He's, it's it's not at at the beginning of his his career. It's not Batman Year One. You know. Um, you know, you can get an older character to play unless is this movie supposed to be Batman year one? Well, see, they haven't really released anything about like the plot or anything. like that. No. Yet. And, and I, and I believe the script is actually finished. It's gone through a number of different I, I thought treatments. it was finished yeah. in September of uh, last year. I, you know what I think will, will bring Ben Affleck back to the role. I think the, if Shazam comes out and Shazam is as good as we all expect it to be. And it really continues to right the ship on the DC side. I think that is what's going to bring him back because a lot of like if you, you know if you read if you you know follow the rumor mill, a lot of what was pissing him off was just the utter disorganization around all of the DC movies, like Batman, right. and Superman, and Justice right. League in particular. You know, like that kind of stuff. And I get that. Like as an uh, you know as an actor, I, I I can imagine how that would really piss you off. You're trying to do your job and you're trying to do it right. Like, I can right. see how that would fucking piss you off. So, yeah. I think if they do that, that could bring him back to the role. Yeah, I definitely think that you're you're correct on that point. Um, you know, I, I think that not only that, but again, uh, seeing Joaquin Phoenix. And again, doing it the right way. Doing it the right way, right? Doing it so that uh, you have a big-name character and a one of the best actors that's out there. Joaquin Phoenix is absolutely incredible. And I think that he's going to do a great job as Joker. Um, fortunately for us, friend of the show, uh, Ed Ryan has actually, um, worked on the Joker movie, um, and he helped do some of the production for it, um, as well as Shazam. And yeah. we, you know, very he will positive, be on the show soon. Yeah. And, and we've had definitely positive reports from behind the scenes into, uh, you know, what it's like with some of the actors, the way that the costumes actually look. And I mean, it was just nothing but positivity. So I, I really think that it's going to be amazing. We're, uh, we're something of industry insiders here at uh, ready set review. We have all that behind the scene news for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta listen to us because we have all the inside scoop and news coming at you in your ear holes. <laughs> um. So, uh, so speaking of uh, DC and staying on track with that, let's talk about a DC movie that we know is going to be great. And oh, it's not yeah. anything in the DC. EU. Well, actually, let's, let's correct that. Technically, it is, because the DCEU technically refers to everything outside of, of the comic books. Right. It's not like the MCU, where it specifically refers to the to Marvel the cinematic, cinematic Universe. universe. Right. Um, so there's an animated movie coming out. It is right. a direct sequel to another animated movie that we've talked about on the show. Uh, the movie coming out is called Reign of the Supermen. Right. And it looks... Awesome. Yeah, it, it really does. Um, you know, they've, they've tried to do The Death of Superman a few different times uh, animated, and... They One time it was good. They miss they miss the mark most of the times, yeah. except for this most recent yep. time. And this most uh, so this Reign of the Superman is a direct sequel to the Death of Superman. 
Um, and they, they came out last year, and it was incredible. Just a, a great so animated good. movie, very cool, uh, very anime style, you know, which is – it's actually the same style as the new Young Justice is. Yeah. The way a lot of the, the DC animated movies have been. Um, and it's just really, really cool. They, they, they really nailed the way that Doomsday looks. There was a couple of points that I wish they would have done differently, but overall they really did a good job, and they really got that – funeral for a friend when yeah. superman dies which superman the death of superman is arguably the most interesting uh, superman storyline right oh 100 i mean you know and it was just you know you have this overly powerful superhero that you know he ends up dying by this mystery villain that comes out of nowhere and you have no idea who this guy is and he's in the green outfit and he's got one hand tied behind his back and they really did a good job in the animated movie and just so excited because the return of Superman or the reign of the Superman uh, is actually a really cool storyline as well. And essentially yeah. what it's about, for those of you who haven't read it or don't know about it, after Superman dies, uh, essentially four different people come in and s claim that they are Superman. And none of them are Superman, essentially. Spoiler alert. Yeah, in case you haven't read the comics from 25 years ago. Yeah, from 25 yeah. years ago. You probably yeah. shouldn't be listening to the show. If that's <laughs> I think it was 1993 to 94. Yeah, 93, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But that was and that was when I, I like how you mentioned Doomsday and, and the way he looked because I remember as a kid reading that and thinking when he you know, he first shows up in that full green yep. like almost military looking uh, suit he was wearing with those creepy yeah. goggles and eyes. I remember thinking, wow, how evil does this thing look like? Can it look any more evil? And then the green suit comes off, and you're like, oh, yep, definitely can. Yeah. <laughs> Way <And> more evil. <laughs> and he was just unstoppable. Yeah. Like, and you had that B squad. Like, in the comic books, they actually had a B squad of Justice League yep. at the time. It was, like, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold yeah. and um, – it, not Martian Manhunter, but what was his name? Oh, Bloodwind. Bloodwind, Bloodwind yeah. So it was Martian Manhunter, but it was he, he was in but that's the what makes, character. And that's and what makes fire and ice yeah. as well. And that's what makes the movie they just made, Death of Superman, uh, so much better because the Justice League asses that are getting kicked in the movie by oh, Doomsday yeah. are like the core members. Yeah, it's it's the Green Lantern, yeah, it's Flash, it's Wonder Woman. They're getting their asses handed to them. Yeah, because that's the one thing. It's like when Superman is dying and he's getting his butt kicked, Where's Batman? Where's Wonder Woman? Yeah. Where's the Green Lantern? They already got their asses kicked. <laughs> you know, where, where are they? They weren't part of the Justice League at that time. And I actually, I think Green Lantern was off-world at that time because, um, no, it was... Yeah, because he, he comes back. You know, Space Corps. You know, yeah. Well, yeah, but uh, no, well, because he did that... Um, uh, I want to call it Hard Traveling Heroes. What yes. was it what, that he did with the Flash? The, uh, I think it was called Hard Traveling Heroes. I'm not sure. I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to testing our comic book yeah, knowledge know, from back in the day. Back in 25 Woo, years ago. Back in the day. Um, yeah, but uh, when he and the Flash went off world and they had their adventures, I think because then he comes back. Yeah. And then that's when Mongul destroys his city yes. during the reign of the Superman yes. uh, with Cyborg, and then that's when. Green Lantern goes crazy yes. and becomes Parallax. After and that. the only thing that uh, we didn't like about Reign of the Superman from a comic book perspective, and I'm hoping they don't do it in the movie, is uh, Electro Superman. 
No, that wasn't Reign of the Superman. I thought that I thought when Superman finally comes back for real, wasn't that when they brought him back with the blue electricity? Actually, actually, <laughs> um, excuse me, no, uh, actually, the red and blue electric Superman did not come into play until after Parallax stopped the Sun Eater oh, from right. eating the Sun. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, My no, bad. So I got that. What you're right. For all of those who are out there and uh, are not comic book fans, there's a little comic book history for you yeah right? exactly so, so uh yeah the 90s were a weird time for friend comic- of the show fanboy here yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, my fanboy status i love i love i love the fanboy voice it's so good <laughs> i wish i could do it better i can't i can't you do it so good um yeah no uh yeah so um the, the only thing that wasn't good about the return of Superman was his long 90s hair. Oh, God. He had the long hair. The 90s <laughs> mullet. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't have... It wasn't like a full mullet, no, but it, it was, was like this... flowing locks. He, yeah. had like, he had like 80s rock star hair. It but was it, great. Oh, God. It was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. It was so curly. Yeah, was so, why was it so curly? Yeah, it, was like, just, uh... it was like, oh, Superman's really bad. He's got long hair. <laughs> Although I will say, uh, something cool that I got, I actually got a... Um, a retro gaming system, you know, one of those ones that has oh, like, like yeah, yeah. a whole bunch of games on it. And um, my uh, my brother was nice enough to to hook me up with every single Super Nintendo and Nintendo game ever. And one of the games that I spent the most time ever? Yeah, ever, ever, including Japanese games. That's pretty dope. Yeah, it's amazing. It all fit on one SD card, too. Um, <laughs> oh, technology. Oh, I love technology. Oh, technology. I love technology. <laughs> um, but one of the, the games that I love the most was there was a Super Nintendo game called The Death and Return of Superman, and it really yes. tells the story um, from the, the comic book so well. It's such a fun game. It's yeah. a very Streets of Rage style game, except it's only one player. Yeah, it's a side-scroller. Yeah, it's it? a side-scroller, yeah. and you go through, and you fight, like, the multiple different enemies that all look exactly the same, and you go through the levels, but then you fight the bosses yep. at the end. You know, very, very 90s That was game, one of a hand. But it was awesome. Yeah. It was so cool. That was one of a handful of games I played. Because, like, you know, I'm not a big gamer. I know you're not really either, but, like, right. Super Nintendo, my, my games I, I, were... I dabble. It was, yeah, I dabble. It was Maximum Carnage, Turtles in Time, the Spider-Man Separation Anxiety, the Death of Super... or the Return of Death of Superman, that game. Yeah, that game was And awesome. then the... Uh, uh, the Power Rangers game. Oh, yeah, the, wait, yeah. which one? The movie or the fighting game? Uh, both. Oh, yeah. Both, yeah. The original yeah. one was hilarious because I remember you had uh, – it was cool because you would play the first half of the level as, like, the street-level character. Right. And then you would, like, morph uh, halfway through the level and finish it off in your Power Ranger suit. Right. I remember thinking how hilarious it was because they rendered all of the street-level characters – to look like they're actual people. So, like, Jason was, like, you know, a big, tall, buff guy. But, you know, and, and Kimberly and Trini were, like, you know, shorter girls. Right. But right. then when you morphed, everyone looked like a big, buff dude. So yeah. Kimberly and Trini <laughs> looked like big, buff dudes. Well, Trini, obviously, in the Japanese version. That's was also a, true. Was, good, was a, good point. Yeah, it was a Good guy. point. Um, so I always thought that was funny, and those were great games back in the day, the Super Nintendo okay. games. But... So bringing it back, now that we've got off on a tangent of comic books. Oh, oh, like I'm the only one that goes <laughs> off on a tangent here. No, I said we. Fucking I said Captain we. Tangent. <laughs> you know, you know, you, you start getting us talking about things that we love and, and we're passionate about, and you know, come on. 
<laughs> oh, so the whole reason we brought this up was because this Sunday Anthony and I have tickets to oh, go yeah. see. That's the um, reason. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because because so movies like this, these animated movies, they don't usually get released in theaters, and when they do, it's usually a limited release in a special type of thing. This one is super special because they're doing a double feature at the local Cinemark 12 in Hazlitt Sunday at one o'clock. Go buy your tickets; you get to go see Death of Superman and then Reign of the Superman back to back. It'll be the first time anybody can go see Reign of Superman, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. And, you know, we always try and, and get you guys to, to get out there and support your local theaters. Um, you know, the, the movie industry is is a great industry, and it can it can take you out of your your norm for a little while. It can give you that little bit of an escape and give yep. you the, you know, the goosebumps on the back of your neck and can really provide you with, you know, all the feels, all the feels. So, you know, always try and, and get out and at least support your, uh, your local movie theaters. And when you can get a chance to go out and be a part of an event like this where you're surrounded by nobody else but just other fans that are hardcore fans – um, you know, it's a really cool experience. So the real question is Sunday at one o'clock for the movie. Will we be sober? <sighs> Survey says, fuck no. <laughs> so calling an Uber. <laughs> yeah. So another special movie coming out. Uh, we've been talking about this in a couple weeks too. Uh, right. the new Dragon Ball movie. Yes. Uh, yes. Brawly, which, uh, bringing yeah. the character the fan favorite character of Brawly yeah. into canon. That is also getting a limited release in the U S in theaters. It comes out January 16th. We will also be going to see that and providing you a review of that movie as well. Yeah. And, and for those, uh, fans and, and, uh, listeners that are out there that are not really anime fans, or you really could never get into it. Um, the one, that that you really should check out or at least check out a couple episodes of or you know at least, i'm sure that any fan that you have who is an anime fan uh is a dragon ball fan and and just dragon ball dragon ball z even dragon ball gt had its moments um uh, dragon ball super has been great but really getting a chance to to see a movie like this it's really really cool and it's a good it's a good segue into anime like, yeah because there's a lot of anime that's out there that yeah. gets, it gets real creepy real fast yep. and so so this is a good segue and it's just a really good pure action anime um if anime is not your thing no worries you know don't worry about it but for those of you who are dragon ball yeah. is probably one of the peak animes in, yeah. so far as i think goku is like like a, a spokesperson for Japan. Like I oh, heard yeah. that during the Olympics, he's going to be the like I don't know, like wh whatever you call it. Like the, I don't want to call it host or whatever, but like like whatever. <laughs> like he's going to yeah. be like the like on all the marketing, all the publicity. Yeah. When you get off like the there. when you when you get off the plane at, at the airport in Tokyo, like there's Goku everywhere apparently. Yeah, I haven't I mean, been to Tokyo, but that's huge. Like, I mean, heard, he's yeah. such a popular character in Japan yeah. and and even here in the United States and the rest of the world as well. And if you're not a fan of anime, uh, you should. Pause the podcast for the next five or so minutes because we're going to do a quick just little segment here. Yeah, just fast forward. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we talk about fanboys and how we don't really like them. And even though we have our fanboy moments, um, you know, so so the essence of a fanboy is is uh, uh, circular logic and, and arguing the fact that you are right even though you can be proven wrong. And one argument that always has just – pissed me off when it comes to fanboys and Dragon Ball in particular is the argument that Krillin is the strongest human fighter. So we're going to take a few minutes to deconstruct this argument and tell fanboys why they're wrong. Well, so let's 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 do a little bit of, of a step back, right? And um, kind of talk about it. So Goku is a Saiyan. He's an alien. Okay, right. Great. 
Piccolo, also an alien. Right. Okay, he's the green guy with the antenna. Okay, cool. Right? So then you have your group of human fighters, quote-unquote human fighters, and those are um, Master Roshi, yep. uh, Yamcha, yep. Tien, yep. Chiaotzu, is little midget Chiaotzu... Uh, I think he's technically human. Is he? I mean, he looks like a little doll. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tien has three eyes, and they call him human. Well, he just opened his third eye to enlightenment. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that was the whole, <laughs> you know, that's the whole thing. He talks about okay, Dragon that's, Ball. That's he's true. Like, okay, good he's point. like, he opened his third eye. And like, good point. Because like, he wears a hat, and then right. you don't see his third eye, and then he takes the that's hat true. off, and you see it. Yeah, that's in the original Dragon Ball from like... That's the a good point. Uh, actually, you were joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so the human fighters that we're talking about, um, uh, the, the really the strongest ones uh, to be considered would be uh, Chiaotzu, Tien... Yamcha and Krillin right. and Master Roshi. Right. And so so and let's just get the obvious out of the way because this is an argument I'm not even going to bother having with people because they say that Krillin is the strongest, which implies that he's also stronger than Tien. That is 100% of the time incorrect. At so no wait, point so before th- we go into why it's incorrect, talk about why people would think that he is the strongest character. Well, see, this, okay, so th- this is what I don't understand because the arguments around why he's the strongest – don't make any sense. The reason why I think a lot of people believe that he's the strongest is for one move, the Destructo Disc. So he does right. the Destructo Disc, and it can literally cut through anybody. Right. And now saying that – and that's a good point. Saying that he has the strongest attacks of all the human characters, Right. that's an argument you can make because unquestionably the Destructo Disc is one of the most powerful attacks of any of the characters, human right. or non-human. Right. Um, but let's not forget, Tien – held down Cell in his second form for a very long time. Cell could not get out of Tien's tri-beam barrage. Correct. And Tien comes in during the Boo saga. Yeah, and when literally Boo, saves the world. Yeah, saves the world after Boo absorbs Gotenks and he's at his yeah. most powerful and he blasts him once yeah. to be able to, to kind of to buy up 30 seconds yeah. of time. He deflects a blast from Majin Buu. Like, right, right. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah. 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 He's powerful enough to do that. Right. So there's no question. And when Tien first comes in in Dragon Ball, he makes it to the finals of the world tournament. Yeah, he He wins. wins. He beats Goku. And it's very clear that Goku is stronger than Krillin at that point in the series. And Tien beats Goku. Like so, so there is no, and then, and then that that continues on, and well, I, I could touch on why Tien continues to remain stronger right. than and, Krillin and, in that and, argument. And, you know, you know, call a, a spade a spade. Goku was like a child, and like True. Tien was yeah. an adult. Right. <laughs> Goku was like an alien. A, it's like a twenty-two-year-old guy yeah. beating up on a twelve-year-old kid or a ten-year-old kid. And, Only in uh, Japan, and, and they barely won. Only in Japan. <laughs> Only in Japan. So, so Dragon Ball, it's, a, it's a little bit harder to to gauge. So, the main argument here is Yamcha and Krillin. Yeah, because they're they're two the two weak. Because obviously Tien is the strongest. Yes. by far. Yes. Tien is the strongest by far. Exactly. So Yamcha and Krillin is the main argument here. In Dragon Ball, it's a little hard to decipher exactly who's stronger. They remain pretty equal throughout the bulk of the series. And Yamcha gets the the butt of a lot of the jokes because he always gets pitted against the strongest fighters if you look at the first couple world tournaments. So in the first world tournaments, he fights Master Roshi, um, who is at the time the strongest fighter, and he gets Zaspi. Second world tournament, he fights uh, Tien, right. who we already established was strong. And he also won. And he also, yeah, he, no, right. no, no, no. He, Tien won. Yeah, Tien won, right, yeah, right. But Yamcha puts up a good fight. Right. And then in the next world tournament, he fights fucking Kami, 
yeah. who was as powerful as Demon King Piccolo, right. who was the ultimate guy at the time. Right. So, but so, Yamcha again loses. Again, exactly. Yamcha again loses. So it's really hard to gauge who's stronger at the end of Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z, however, is a lot more clear cut. So here's what we're going to talk about. In the Saiyan Saga, I think I'm going to give the edge to Krillin in terms of, of strength in the right. Saiyan Saga. Because Yamcha ends up uh, shooting a, a, a Kamehameha. Right. At, at the Cybermen, and he doesn't kill him. Right. And then the Cybermen latches onto Yamcha and blows himself up. Yep. And he, he kamikazes himself and, and takes out Yamcha with him. Yep. And so he so one Cyberman kills Yamcha. Right. And while Krillin is uh, there and he shoots a blast and he takes out what five six uh, four. four 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 Cybermen. Yep. In one shot. Yeah. In one shot. Yeah. So so I think it's fair to say that. At the time of the Saiyan Saga, Krillin is stronger. The Frieza Saga is where the scales get tipped, and here's why. And this is, again, right. I think a lot of people make the argument for Krillin because he was involved in more battles throughout the Frieza Saga. Right. But if you look at— And he had his his untapped potential exactly. unlocked from uh, Guru. Exactly. So he has his potential unlocked from Guru. Goes in to fight the Ginyu Force. Him and Gohan tag team Guldo and beat Guldo. And then Raccoon comes out. They barely beat Barely Goldo. beat Guldo. Barely beat Vegeta Goldo. has to save them. Yeah, he has right. to step in and save them, and then they beat him. So so Vegeta gets zapped. Well, actually, no, Vegeta just kills Goldo. Yeah, but he saves them by yeah, doing so. Yeah, by like, killing He was yeah. about to kill him with, like, the wood. The spear, yeah, yeah, the, spear, the, spear yeah. the giant spear. He freezes yeah. them. So, so, so then they – so Vegeta gets taken out, and then Gohan goes to save Vegeta by uh, sucker punching Raccoon in the back of the head. Yeah. And then when he Raccoon little, goes – Yeah, sucker kick. Exactly. And then when Raccoon goes after Gohan, uh, Krillin comes in, gives him another sucker kick, and then Raccoon kicks Krillin once. Once. And Krillin is basically paralyzed. Yeah. He does the little dance, and then he kicks him, and then yeah. Krillin is just out. And this is after he had his potential unlocked by Guru, mind you. Right. So, fast forward to, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 episodes later. We're deep into the fight between Frieza and Goku, and uh, Yamcha and Tien are on King Kai's planet training, and the Ginyu right. Force shows up. Right. So, so it's safe to assume that the Ginyu Force has, because they make it very clear that when you die, you don't lose any of your powers, you're still just as strong as you were. Well, if you're you're chosen to be able to keep your body. Right, which the Ginyu Force right. was, because right. they were clearly dead. Right. Um, so the same goes for Yamcha. Yamcha and Tien have been training on King Kai's planet. Yamcha beats Raccoon in a one-on-one -on -one battle. Yeah. Granted, it's a very even fight, but he still beats him at the end of the day, and then yeah. this also goes back to Tien. Tien beats uh, uh, Birder and Jace. And, and Jace. Two Both on one. But yeah. like, with like one shot. Yeah, with one yeah, shot. Yeah, he like punches them once. Yeah. yeah and it's a cool scene because yeah. that's actually the same episode that uh, Goku goes super exactly. Saiyan for the first time. So just think, really of, cool so just think, think about... Really cool episode. So just think about... 50 or something. Yeah. So just think about the maybe. level of, of difference in power that you have to have to yeah. be... Because cause at the time, remember, Vegeta, everybody was still scared of Vegeta's power and Raccoon beat the shit out of Vegeta. Okay. And then, so fair. Okay, so... Right. At the end of the Frieza saga, let's say Yamcha is yep. stronger. So okay. now let's go to the so, Cell saga. So now we go into the Android and Cell saga. Right. Right. So obviously Yamcha uh, almost dies, doesn't uh, fully, fully die, but right. um, uh, Android 20. 20. Yep. 
Yeah, 20. Yep, 20. 20. He puts his hand through him, which was such a cool such scene. Such a cool scene. Yeah, when he grabs him by the face yeah, and he such puts his hand through power. And he just easily just absolutely annihilates Yamcha. Right? Yeah. Now, if Krillin was there, it would have been easily Krillin as well. Right. Same There's thing. no doubt about that. Neither one of them were anywhere near as powerful and, and couldn't keep up with the, the android. Exactly. That's fine. I agree with that. But now moving forward and the Z fighters come in and they fight. The Cell Juniors. This is where it all comes down to. Right. Because you don't really see – you see Krillin a little bit in no, the you, rest no, of the – No, no, no. Oh, well, yeah, in the, rest of the, in the rest of Dragon Ball. Right. You mean? And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. But he's not really a fighter. As well, exactly. So, so the Cell Saga, you need to pay attention – you need to pay attention to detail because at the end, towards the end of the Cell Saga, Cell spits out his seven Cell Juniors who are all right. incredibly powerful. They fight Trunks and Vegeta to a standstill. Right. Right? So in that – if you watch that episode when they're fighting, Krillin is – unquestionably there is zero doubt about this he is the first z fighter to go down oh yeah he is the first to go down oh, yeah and they continue on the fight yamshin tian are still standing they even actually even the fight out for a little bit when they start to work together with piccolo and they go to protect goku yamshin and tian last longer than krillin against the cell jr so if that's not proof of being stronger they were all fighting one-on-one -on -one. Right. it wasn't like krillin was fighting two cell juniors it was one-on-one -on -one. That is proof right there that Yamcha is stronger. And further proof, and this is like the most minute little detail at the very end when they've got the, the Kamehameha going and all the other Z fighters are shooting Cell from the back with their energy blasts, right? right? right, right that right. final scene where they all get blown away. If you watch, they go in succession in order of power. And Krillin is the first one to get blown back. Yamcha gets blown back a split second later, right. followed by Tien, followed by Piccolo. Right. There's literally an order of power. Krillin cannot last as long as Yamcha does. Right. Yamcha is stronger than Krillin at that point in time. Yeah, at that point in time. But now Krillin has been in Dragon Ball Super as well, so, so which Yamcha really hasn't been. Yeah, so we, we can't argue Dragon Ball Super. And within Dragon Ball Super, there is no question that Krillin is stronger. Right. I'm and just talking – In GT, like if, let's, say, let's no. say after Dragon Ball Z, it becomes a split universe and there's you – know, the one half that goes to GT and there's the nope. one half. He shows up in GT. The only time that I remember seeing Yamcha or Tien or any of those yeah. guys was on the very last the very episode. La and the only time you, you see, see Krillin. You see Yamcha, he's got gray hair and he's yeah. working on a car. And the only time you see Krillin is when Android 17 kills him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he was in love with 18. He exactly. He have the kid. Exactly. So, so at the end of, yeah, we, we, we'll, we'll talk about Super later. But So and then you go to fast forward the Majin Buu saga. Both, right. both uh, Krillin and Yamcha have stopped fighting. So right. probably pretty equal in power. Maybe. Who knows? But then one thing you need to remember about Yamcha, and they've said this multiple times throughout the series, right. the biggest thing holding Yamcha back is his fear. And he's right. he's said that multiple times. Right. And whenever Yamcha conquers his fears is when he becomes the strongest fighter. So let's fast forward to – so Krillin goes to fight in the world tournament. He's right. got the, the bulk of his power still there, and he's fighting against assholes, so it doesn't matter. Right. We, never get to see, we never get to see him fight uh, Deboer or any of Babidi's uh, guys. He is frozen in stone. Right. The only time – and he actually – the only time Krillin ever actually throws a real punch in the Buu saga is when he attempts to attack Majin Buu, and Majin Buu dodges it and turns him into chocolate. Right. You do, however, in one episode for about 15 seconds when Krillin and Yamcha are on the Grand Kai's planet. Okay, let's analyze this because I don't know. Analyze this. That, no, no, I'm not remembering this episode, so yep. let's go into it. Okay. So there's ahead. an episode in the Majin Buu saga where uh, Krillin and uh, – I have my Funimation subscription. Yep, so you got to go back and watch yeah, this episode. Yeah, go back and watch this episode. Um, so Krillin and Yamcha, you see them on the Grand Kai's planet. They're chilling okay. with King Kai, and King Kai is talking about you know, the next uh, tournament or whatever. And Krillin goes, 
hey, where's Yamcha? And then you just hear a bunch of, like, uh, 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 fighting sounds. Mm -hmm. And you see, like, bodies flying over the horizon. And you come back, and you see Yamcha. He's fighting two other world fighters, and he's beating the shit out of them. Now, this is significant because one of the two fighters – so the only reason we know – Yamcha's power level at this point is because one of the two people he's fighting is Olibu, that Hercules-esque character oh, right, that right, fights right, right. Kaikon right. almost to a standstill with the blonde hair, yeah. who, as we know, King Kai told us that, that that before Goku showed up, Olibu was the strongest fighter in the other world right. from the northern galaxy. Right. So that guy is pretty fucking powerful. Yeah. And yes, they were just training, but they also make a point, if you pay attention, they make a point in talking about how the fighters in the other world on Grand Kai's planet, they only train, like they don't they don't train for fun. Like it's right. a serious training. Yeah, for like, sure. So it is very easy to assume that Yamcha has any and Yamcha says he goes, something about this place. It's got me pumped up. It's got me ready to fight. So there he is, yeah. conquering his fear yeah. again. He's ready to fight. And when yeah. he does that, he's super fucking strong, and he's beating the shit out of two guys, one of them who used to be the strongest fighter in the Northern Galaxy. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think it's a testament to say, just like a normal fighter is, when they are confident and calm and collected, they are going to be a better fighter. When exactly. you start to get nervous or you start to doubt yourself, that's when you become a worse fighter. And, yep. and Krillin always doubts himself, too, right? Yep. And, you know, he's always the the really even more skittish than Yamcha is. Yep. Right? Yamcha just happened to be a, a sucker for women. I mean, Krillin was too, but yeah, exactly. even more. Um, something that we totally glossed over as well was when they are training for the androids. Yep. Okay, there is an episode where Vegeta is training in a hundred times gravity because he's yep. trying to be a Super Saiyan. He's trying to get to where Goku is, and Yamcha gets inside the capsule and yep. uh, and it turns on the hundred times gravity. Yep. So he's in a hundred times gravity, and he's- wasn't it? Wait, time out. Wasn't it four hundred times gravity? Because because a hundred times gravity is what Goku trained at. On the way to Namek, and wasn't Vegeta trying to be, like, much better than Goku? Wasn't it something like 400 times gravity in that chamber? I think you're right. I yeah. think you're right. And and Yamcha is able to, you know, he's crushed against the floor, but he's able to crawl and and make his way to, yeah. you know, he the survives. turn-off button, you know, yeah. power button, essentially. The turn-off button. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> turn off the freaking 100 times gravity or 400 <laughs> times gravity. Stop crushing me with weight yeah. and pressure. He survives. Yeah, and he survives. Not only does he survive, but he's able to move. Yep. And that's the thing. He moves his body in 400 times gravity. And, yep. you know, um, 100% yeah. agree. Yeah, and, yep. and I, I like Yamcha's moveset a little bit better, too. You know? I do, too. I think the... You know, the Destructive Disc is the only... Oh, and that and the um, the Taioken, the Solar Flare. Yeah. Yeah, because Yamcha doesn't do yeah. the Solar Flare, and uh, and Krillin does. And that's... Yeah. That, those two moves, the Destructive Disc and the Solar Flare, are, like, two unstoppable moves. They're, yep. they're two of the only unstoppable moves in Dragon Ball Z, where very, very seldom do you ever see someone take one just blatantly to the face yep. and then be okay. Whereas every other move... You know, you've seen people, like, take it, and they're like, yeah, okay. And Yamcha's spirit ball technique, I think, is one of the more unique moves in all of Dragon Ball because he can control it completely. Yeah. And I love the fact that he can hit you with it without it actually detonating. He can hit you with it multiple times, and it only detonates when he wants it to. 
Like that's a really right. cool move. Yeah, really yeah. cool. But yeah. then, so you mentioned the, the, the little yeah, little move, yeah. <laughs> does the fast moving hands. Yeah. It's really cool. And right? then you, one of my favorite movies was the Tree of Might. Oh and, god, oh, dude, that that movie yeah. is just incredible. Yeah, I love that movie, and um, especially if you can find it in its original format yes. with the Rock the Dragon theme. Yes, uh, was just so awesome. But in that movie, Yamcha even fights better than Krillin does in that movie. Yep. And then so and then so if then if then you mentioned Dragon Ball Super. The reason why I'm not including Dragon Ball Super in this is because the Yamcha's not in it, is he? It, no, he isn't. But also too, the majority of these arguments are arguments that I've read over time, and Dragon Ball Super is still relatively new. And all of these arguments only focus on Z, uh, Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball. And Dragon Ball. They don't yeah. mention uh, Dragon Ball Super because if you look at Dragon Ball Super. The, there's no there's no question. It's obviously Krillin because Yamcha isn't right. even fucking in. So he doesn't even fight in Super at all, right. and right. Krillin does. So there's no question about that. Yeah, the Krillin. Is, but the majority of these the arguments problem. I've read have always been about Dragon Ball right. and Dragon Ball Z. And you know, if you think that Krillin is the strongest human, well, you if you were listening for the last seven or eight minutes, you're fucking wrong. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not the strongest human because Tien is the strongest human. Right. We've he's not stronger than Yamcha. He's yeah. definitely not stronger yeah. than Yamcha. And if you even remotely think that Krillin is stronger than Tien, I will shred you. Yeah, it's so wrong. It's so wrong. We've proven yeah. you wrong. We yeah. showed you no way. Yeah. But we're not fanboys by any means. We are not fanboys by any means. Um, so, uh, so quick, quick rumor news. Okay, yeah. So moving out. on for our from our fanboy yeah. argument segment, <laughs> we're gonna do more of those because yeah. we love tearing up fanboys. Yeah, and we want to go into very specific things and and really, uh, you know, get into the minutia, okay, yeah. and and get into fan theories. You know, who, you know who is better than whom, and um, you exactly. know who, who if they ever fought each other at a certain time. You know, the kind of Mike Tyson, a Muhammad yeah. Ali kind of scenario. You know, getting a chance to argue those kind of things. So, um, so a rumor came out the other day, a rumor that I'm very excited about. Uh, they are making a, or again, apparently, allegedly, making a G.I. Joe spinoff movie uh, featuring Snake Eyes. Right, Snake Eyes. And that's cool for one reason only, actually, because Snake Eyes was the only cool part of either of those G.I. Joe movies. Those G.I. Joe movies were such a goddamn letdown like, you know, I, I we hate to sound like, you know, the whole, uh, oh, you're ruining our childhood. Because you're, you're really not. It's not ruining our childhood yeah, really if you make not. a bad You know how many versions, how many yeah. cartoons of G.I. Joe have been out there? Yeah. But the fact remains. The only one that, like, was my childhood was Real American Hero. Yeah, of course. Which you can watch now on Tubi. Yeah. The fact remains, though, that the, the two G.I. Joe movies they've put out, um, neither one of them were good. The first one was very promising. It had a very cool sort of story around it about how Cobra actually becomes uh, Cobra, which was actually a pretty well-told story. Right. Uh, but just everything else about it except Snake Eyes was terrible. Is Ray Park coming back to play Snake Eyes? See, that I don't know um, because, again, the, the whole thing is After really we more dissed him on the episode. Shout out Ray Park. Well, yeah. uh, loved you in the Headless Horseman, bud. And he was fucking phenomenal <laughs> as Snake Eyes. He's so great, but I think yeah. he's... You want to know why? Because Snake Eyes doesn't fucking talk. There it is. <laughs> he just does cool acrobatic moves, yeah. and Ray Park is a badass. Yeah. Not really the best actor. I think Ray Park is getting up there in age, to be honest. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how old he is, but I feel like yeah. he's got to be kind of getting up there. Mm. You know? Because, yeah, I mean, I mean, think about it. Like, he was in his prime when Phantom Menace came out. That was 2000. That was 18 years ago, 19 yeah. years ago, you know? So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I really, and again, if we're gonna if they're gonna stay true to the Snake Eyes character, yeah, you don't even need an actor. You just need a stuntman. 
and they can make this movie really bad. Snake Eyes doesn't talk. Yeah, so you don't need a big-name actor to be Snake Eyes. Right. You just need somebody who can do the cool action. Exactly. Or, right. well, actually, you know, let's, let's think about this. Do you need someone, though, who is actually a an actor that doesn't need – that can – because he would need to speak. If he's going to be the main character, a lot of his – he's going to need to uh, emote a lot, if yeah. you will. So someone that can act physically – not so just do the do you, stunts. Who do you think would play a good scene? Oh, I have no fucking idea. Oh, I, I have no idea. Come on, off the top of your head, any any ideas? Oh, any any God. suggestions? Uh, the guy that played uh, was, oh, what's his name? He he played uh, in in the the rest of the Bloodsport movies after Van Damme. Oh left. yeah. Uh, Daniel, his name is Daniel something. Uh, I can't Let's think go of to the name. big board. Yeah. Stand he by. also played. You know, he was one of the agents in the Matrix. Uh, in the Matrix Reloaded. Um, uh, he's been in a, a lot of other movies. It's Daniel. Daniel Bernhardt. Bernhardt, thank you. Yeah, That's Daniel Bernhardt. Uh, but then again, too, I think yeah, he's Daniel also, Bernhardt is way. You talk about up he's there up there in years, years too, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he's way up there in years. You know, you know who is up there in years, but still can do it. Still can uh, can do his thing. If you're gonna say the guy from Step by Step, I'm gonna. Oh no, Sasha Mitchell. Yeah, Sasha no, Mitchell. No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> definitely also past his prime. Um, somebody who I think could reach down and still get it. Jason David Frank. Oh wow, that and, and and you know I think he could do a really good job. That I think he could is be really cool. Yeah. I think it's it's a good character. He doesn't need to talk, but if he ever removed his helmet and then all of a sudden it's the reveal that it's Jason David Frank, I think it's a mark out moment, right? That would be like it's a really cool reveal. You're like, oh my god, the Green Ranger. Yeah. You know, like I think he would be great. Wow. I think he could really do it, and he's done some. You know, indie movies and yeah. some stuff like that that's been. And he really still so does fun. Power Ranger stuff. He's still very active. Still does Power Rangers. He hey, was in, he was very uh, recently in one of the episodes. Jason David Frank, free advice. There you go. Sign yeah. up. Sign up for that movie. Yeah. Put it in. Whoever, whoever. Wait, who's making it? Who's who's making it? Uh, it's the same Sony? studio. No, it's not uh, Sony. Is it? Was it Paramount that made the last one? I think it was Paramount that yeah. made the movies. Yeah, I have to go back and, look, and read the article. I forget who it was, but it's the same uh, production company and, and studio right. that released the last two. Right. Um, but. Again, it's all very rumor-filled right now because they haven't said anything about whether or not it's going to sort of tie into, like, does it exist in the same universe right. or is it kind of like a new universe? How is it going to tie in? So, you know, and the other, like I said, the other two movies were, were not good. So yeah. start start fresh. Like, yeah. start fresh. Start fresh. Yeah. Start fresh. Um, so before we, uh, you know, kind of get into our uh, winners of the week and who's going to win the week um, – you know, we want to talk about an awesome show. Now, we're going to do this very quickly because um, it's something that it's it's a little bit difficult to watch. It's a show that's a little bit difficult to watch. It's a show that's on the DC Universe app. And like a lot of other streaming apps and, and content apps that are out there, it costs money. So it's, it's about $8 a month. Um, and if you're not really the biggest DC Comics fan... Um, you're probably not going to go. It, it's got an awesome library of like every DC movie. So like all of the Superman movies, like the Supergirl movie that happened, all of the Batman movies that happened. So it has really good selection. It doesn't have any of the DCEU movies, no Batman versus Superman or Wonder Woman or any of those big movies. But it's got like the Linda Carter, uh, old Wonder Woman and, um, you know, kind of all that stuff in terms of like shows. And then it's got all of the 90s animation in terms of shows. But then it's got an awesome 
awesome library of comic books as well. So you can go back and read digital comic books. So if you were never a comic book fan, you didn't really want to spend the money to buy the books, you can spend $8 a month and actually have this entire library of comic books at your fingertips, which is just incredible. So yeah. if you've ever wanted to like, maybe, hey, you know, let me see if I want to read comic books for eight bucks, which is like the cost of like less than two comic books nowadays. <laughs> comic books are so expensive nowadays. I know. Um, so for less than the cost of two comic books, you can you can go and you can get the access for the month. And I think they give you like the first month free. Yeah, first month is free. And um, so with that, we're going to talk about a show called Titans. Now, Titans, for some of you who uh, may have seen a cartoon called Teen Titans, that's exactly correct. It's it's That's exactly what we're talking about, but we're talking about them uh, at an older age, and it's a live-action show. Yeah. So think of uh, the CW shows, but... Like, like if they were on HBO. Yeah. 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 Think of the CW shows, but like for Supergirl and Flash and Green Arrow, but if they were on HBO. Yeah. And it's just... No holds barred. I mean, it is awesome. It is gory. It is bloody. There's great plot and cursing. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I think we mentioned this before because we always, you know, we, we've always shit on Zack Snyder and his dark and, and gloomy take right, on the DC right. movies. And this is very dark and gloomy, but the difference is that there's a purpose for it. I think we've mentioned this before, but there's a there's a purpose behind the doom and gloom yeah. and the grit of this TV show, and yeah. it works. And it really works well. And they stay true to a comic feel, maybe not to the actual characters themselves, but yeah. they create a new universe based on these characters with a lot of the feel. And they don't really have to tell a tremendous amount of the backstory. So the, the team that they put together essentially is uh, Robin or Dick Grayson. So the original Robin, Dick Grayson, uh, Starfire, Corey Anders, um, uh, Beast Boy, uh, uh, and then uh, Raven as yep. well. Right, and so those are the main four. But we've also seen in the show Hawk and Dove, so who awesome. have been awesome. We also saw um, Donna Troy, which is a Wonder Girl, and she whips out the the lasso of truth. I marked out oh, so man. hard. All of a sudden, she whips out the lasso, and you're like, "What is going on yeah. here?" Yeah, oh, I marked out so hard. It's yeah. one of the greatest scenes in the entire yeah. series. It really, it really, yeah. Kind of, it, Really, like Dick Grayson, really Dick Grayson, <laughs> Dick, Dick and Donna go to to stop because in one of the so spoiler alert if you don't already know this. Um, yeah, we're gonna spoil yeah. the heck out of this. Right Starfire now, so. goes crazy in one of the episodes because you find out that her whole because one of the plot threads throughout the whole season is that she doesn't know who she is really. Um, she doesn't know why she has these powers or what her purpose is. And you find out late in the season that she's an alien from another planet and her mission was to kill Raven. Right. Meanwhile, the entire season she's been protecting Raven. Right. So when she finally loses her shit and tries to kill uh, Raven, uh, Dick and Donna show up in, in a hero save. And, and Dick just gets like tossed aside by, by a Starfire. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, off screen, you see the lasso come around uh, Starfire. And it pans to Donna Troy. And she's got the lasso. And my, my jaw literally dropped. I was like, yeah. oh! Yeah, talk about a, an awesome, strong female character that I just want to see so much more of. Um, yeah, I was, can't wait. Uh, was Wonder Girl in this movie, and I just or in this show rather? Um, it's a, a an actress by the name of uh, Connor Leslie, um, and she's just great. She's great as as Wonder Girl as Donna Troy. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, can't I, wait. I hope that they have her in future episodes. I hope she comes back. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the uh, the acting in the show because I think it's it's something that really makes it right. So your your core four characters, you've got Tegan Croft who plays Raven. You've got Brendan uh, Thwaites. 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 I'm gonna go Thwaites? with. Thwaites? Yeah. Thwaites? <laughs> probably. I doubt that it's Thwaites. I don't know. <laughs> Thwaites. Yeah, like you eat your Thwaites in the morning. I don't know. <laughs> And then, well, uh, I mean, we were wrong about uh, uh, Fi. It's like the yogurt, Fi A, Fi A. And then you've got uh, Anna Diop as uh, as Starfire, and you've got Ryan Potter as Beast Boy, Gar Logan, and um, just the, those core four are just great characters. Um, I, I will say the one thing that was a little bit of a letdown was the, the bad guy that they fight for the most of the beginning of the season. You mean the family? Yeah, the nuclear yeah, family. The nuclear family. I wasn't really a fan I, of it. See, I liked them because they were so creepy. Yeah, they were it really so was. creepy. I wasn't necessarily on board with like the the like the approach, like why make them a, a family, you know, like that. It was kind of a weird approach, I thought. Right. Um, but I really liked the fact that they were creepy and and felt like scary villains. <laughs> like yeah. I really liked that. And then when they. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes was when they they beat them and they and they tied them up and Dick goes off to get more information and he says to to Starfire he's like don't kill them whatever you yeah. do don't kill them yeah but then you find out that what since they failed their mission they have like a, a bomb implanted in their head yeah. um, that the <laughs> that the guy the boss like triggers from far away and all their heads explode yeah, anyway explode. and Dick comes back and uh, Starfire's like. They're dead. Dick's like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, you like, had one you job. Yeah, you have one job. You I, left one you. Job. I told you not to kill them. <laughs> I swear I didn't do it. It was a really like it was like gruesome but funny at yeah, the same it was, time. It was really funny. <laughs> uh, so let's get into the meat and potatoes and the real reason uh, to watch the show, which is the build up all the way, obviously, to the season finale. Oh um, man! Which man. I watched the season finale and it just absolutely floored me. It was just so cool and it was just so unexpected. So. Again, spoiler alert, uh, Raven's father is a character named Trigon, and he is a essentially what? a devil character. He's like a powerful demon. Yeah. And uh, essentially, Raven's mother convinces her to bring her father. Which out. was a great twist, too, it was because a very the whole, good twist. The whole yeah. season, we thought Raven's mother, they were trying to find her mother, and we thought she was like a good, a good guy, guy, and yeah, she's, she's in on the shit the, the whole guys. time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so, uh, so Trigon comes in. And he creates this almost like um, fantasy world, right? So uh, Dick Grayson runs into the house to try and save Raven and uh, Trigon locks him in this fantasy world. And so the last episode is all of Dick Grayson in this fantasy world where he's married to Dove, right? And she's pregnant and he's got a kid and another kid on the way, right? And uh, he goes back to Gotham City to be able to get in touch with... Bruce Wayne. Wait, but, wait, but don't skip over the part why he goes back to Gotham. Remember who shows up? How cool is that? When Jason Todd shows up in the, oh, yeah, in the, the wheelchair? wheelchair. Yeah, oh, so Jason man. Todd shows up in the wheelchair and so he, cool. he tells him that Bruce wants to talk to him or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Because yeah. Bruce has gone like crazy. Like, right. He's, and Jason he's Todd's in a wheelchair. Yep. Yeah. And Bruce has gone crazy. So Dick Grayson shows up in um, in Gotham City and it is a story like what if Batman finally broke? And what if Batman just goes on an absolute murder rampage, 
right? Because nobody can stop him. Nobody can no, – like, he just murders everyone, even so far as to murder the Joker. Yeah. Right? And obviously it's just Trigon, you know, manipulating yeah. the situation. It's not real. But, and, and that I scene, mean, it's just such a cool story to live out. Yeah, and it was so impactful for us because, you know, we, we, we've seen they, – they've explored that in the comics before and, you know, alternate realities and what ifs if Batman goes crazy. But we've never seen it done either animated and especially not live action. Right. And the way they did it was just so perfect, and yeah. it was great, a little bit of fan service, because you got to see the live action of what if Batman goes insane. Right, and you saw Batman. I mean, exactly. Batman is in the episode. Like, he makes an appearance yep. in the episode, which I thought when I – because I've so seen great. a lot of pictures from it, and I just thought it was going to be a cameo appearance, but – I mean, he comes in. He just keeps, he's awesome. He, he kills he's, Starfire he's, with Mister Freeze's gun. You no, know, he's a shadowy. Yeah, oh man, he oh he's got a freeze gun. He's, he's got, got a freeze gun. Oh, oh so great. And then and that's so Batman because he collects all the weapons yep. of the villains. And then they go into Arkham. Yep. That scene when they and go into see, Arkham. I couldn't believe. Oh, so all of the little Easter eggs sprinkled throughout just, that scene in Arkham were incredible. Those, those just delicious little yum 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 yum. The one the one that like oh. Oh, these little it's like my favorite the one that i loved the the most was when you <laughs> saw the uh what was the what is the name of the the the, the puppet the gangster puppet when I you saw you his body on the scarface. floor scarface i think it's scarface, I think it's scarface. Yeah. scarface. you see his body on the floor dead in arkham batman has killed him it's so great and then you finally get to where the joker is being uh treated in in the the hospital wing of arkham yep. and he's got a fucking batarang in his heart and yeah. it's just and you see, awesome. you see Two Face on the ground. Well, you see, yeah, you, you see, see the, the hand, hand yeah. with a coin in it, yep. right? So again, it's just this flash of like, you know what's going on, yeah. you know who these guys are. This is not telling you something you don't know. So it was so cool because the DC universe has been so built in movies, and the story is so like generally known by the populace. They could take these shortcuts and they could just do these quick flashes and they didn't have to go in. You didn't have to tell a backstory about who is that. You didn't have to define who that character is. If you ever watched the cartoon or anything else, you knew exactly who these characters are and it was just so cool to have that scene and just walk through it. And then of course you get at the end because the whole point of Trigon's illusion is to get Dick to give in to his dark side. Right. And he does at the end of the episode, after right. Batman has killed a bunch of police officers and kills Starfire, uh, Dick blows up Wayne Manor right. and the Batcave, right. goes into the rubble. Batman's pinned under some rubble. Right. And he just stamps on, stomps on his neck and right. kills him. Now, again, it's all a... a fake universe it's like a fake reality that was created by trigon it's just an illusion in, into grayson's mind but at the end of the episode then you see him and the way it, it cuts to black is dick grayson has the black around his eyes and he's obviously under trigon's control which is just really cool and um the the character that plays the actor that plays trigon i'm actually trying to find it right now yeah um he was in castle um his name is um uh Ooh, I'm gonna mispronounce it. Um, it definitely uh, Seamus Dem Dever. Seamus Seamus. Uh, that was the first Seamus time Dem I'd ever really Dever. seen him. It would be so Seamus. Yeah. yeah, Seamus Seamus Dever. Um, but he is a great actor. He was in Castle. He's one of the main characters in the show Castle, which I'm a huge fan of, or was a huge fan of. Um, but yeah, uh, he does a really good job as Trigon. And the best part, so so it ends. Yeah, so the best part yeah. about this is that it ends on a cliffhanger. 
So the so after Dick kills Batman, you you come back to the real world, so to speak, and you see Trigon talking about how Dick has finally given into his dark side, which yeah. is what the whole point of that yeah, was. Really cool. And then it ends, yeah. and you're just like, oh yeah. my god, like, I want more, I want more. Where is this? But then they give you more yeah. in an after credit scene, which which I didn't even know. I, I hadn't like read any spoilers, so I didn't even know there was an after credit scene. Right. I'm just happy that I happened to sort of let the credits play through because I was like, you know, whatever, eating food or whatever, not paying attention. And you get an after credit scene and the after credit scene is epic because it starts with, you hear just like some loud crashing and explosion and it, and it comes up on this, uh, looks like a laboratory and there's like a, a pod looking thing that's been destroyed. And it's on the back of the wall, the inside. Yep. And on the back of the wall, you see Cadmus and you see yep. a figure walking and you're just like, Superboy. Yeah, it's just, it's just this Jack dude, and they have his like midsection blurred out because he's obviously you know shirtless, yep. naked because he was in this. Yep. You know he was being created, um, and then I mean it's obvious that he walks by and he like he, he like grabs this guy by the throat and he drops him down, breaks his neck, and then you see a tattoo on his arm of the Superman symbol, right? And and then and, it gets better. And uh, he goes in and he rescues a fellow creation which is a dog a so white dog so and as he goes to free this dog the eyes glow red ah! and it's just um for those of you who aren't familiar that is the um the character of crypto or at least we think it's going to be crypto it's gotta yeah, be. it's gotta be crypto um he was essentially superman's dog that he had and in some of the sillier comics that that <laughs> happened in the <laughs> 70s and 80s and 60s and stuff like that yeah he was just kind of like a silly character and they, they brought him into the 90s and, yeah. and into modern day too yeah where he's had some pretty cool scenes um but essentially he's just this white dog who's kind of wears a superman cape <laughs> um and he can shoot laser beams out of his eyes but he's you know yeah, come on. Who doesn't like dogs? Right? You gotta go save your dog, dude. I swear, if they if anything happens to Crypto in the next season, I am not watching anything else that DC puts out. Ever. Yeah, but the the after credit scene. I mean, it, that is a Marvel Comics level after credit yeah. scene. Like, th- like it was Epic. so unbelievably good. It blew me away. I mean, that is just if that's not an indication that DC Comics is really starting to turn the corner and really starting to understand their audience. Not only that, we didn't even get into chance to talk about this or do a review on it but if you guys haven't seen the elseworlds crossover from supergirl green arrow and flash that is just unbelievable if you watch those three episodes back to back it's almost a better comic book movie than anything dc has ever done yeah like it's just so good and and this with titans and like this after credit scene i mean it's just i mean it just you, you can see that they're starting to move in the right direction yeah so so go download the app watch titans um, yeah. Or if you don't want to download the app, I mean, you know, try and find it. Listen to us. We'll out. talk about yeah, it. We'll tell you what yeah, happens. Yeah. You we'll tell you what happens. Download it. We'll <laughs> talk about it. We'll let you know how it is. And, and I'm sure you can watch some of the better clips on YouTube. Anyway. So it's winner of the week time. Yeah. So, so last week, unsurprisingly, Aquaman kept its top, top spot at the box office. Yeah, now approaching a billion dollars. Yeah, because the, the first week of uh, January is, is a notoriously <laughs> shit time for movies. Yeah. Uh, and got to tell you. The second week of January, not much better. Um, so we, we were talking before the Except. show, and we thought that Glass was coming out this week. We actually got it backwards. Glass comes out next week. Uh, so for – yeah, I just checked. So it? Yeah, so for what this – what so What's on the docket this week? So for this week, we've got uh, If Beale Street Could Talk on the Basis of Sex and Replicas, the new Keanu Reeves movie, which looks like – 
hot, steaming Keanu Reeves garbage. But, like, the best kind of Keanu Reeves garbage. Um, so that movie's not going to make it. I'm going to go with On the Basis of Sex is a movie about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, uh, and like, what? Yeah. Um, like, what? and her, her, you know, whatever, ascension. Rise yeah. Um, but it, I don't know if I, eh, fuck it. Aquaman's probably going to win again this I, week. You know, so here's, here's the one I'm going to go with. Cause it, it, it's gotten some pretty good reviews and it actually did very decently. I think it did $18 million in the box office this weekend. Uh, I'm actually going to go with escape room. I think that Escape Room is actually going to get some good press. I think that it's starting to uh, become a little bit more well known. Um, and uh, although I haven't seen any commercials or anything like that for it, that's all I, I see commercials for. Is Escape Room? Yeah, it looks so bad. Yeah. Well, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna take the weekend because I think everybody who's wanted to go see Aquaman has already seen it. Yeah. Can it be number one movie in America for what? Is it the fourth week in a row or third week? I think it'll be. I think it's it'll, already three. I think it'll be the fourth week. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Aquaman's gonna win this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so. I, I don't know if you're wrong about that. I I want to say that you are, but uh, <laughs> which I'm going to because I'm gonna go with Escape Room. Boom. There we go. Well. We will let you know how it all pans out on next week's episode of Ready, Set, Review. Yeah, and of course, let us know. You know, give us a like, give us a, sub a subscribe. You know, um, again, we, we passed a pretty uh, nice milestone for a, a podcast just getting off the, the road with only about 10 episodes now, now 11. Um, over 500 listens already. Over 500 I was listens. really surprised by yeah, that. Yeah, we're really thankful, pat, really pat excited. Yeah. Pat ourselves so thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks for being a part of this. We, we promise you only bigger and better things. We literally have people who are itching to get in. This, this is a, a God's honest truth, too. Um, there are a lot of people who have, have contacted us and are itching to get interviewed and to be on the show, and we're really excited. Um, so we, we promise you guys that only bigger and better things are going to be coming and a lot more collaboration with um, uh, a shared universe and hopefully uh, Ming Chen and Mike Sapsik as well. Um, you know, hopefully we, we'd love to be able to have them on the show and just get their take on, on the current uh, DCEU and, and everything like that. And, um, you know, hopefully we can uh, we can just kind of bring you guys a, a lot more fun, a lot more entertainment. That's right. So thank you as always, true reviewers. Keep on listening and we'll see you next week.